the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're so glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministry is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer for you today is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God designed you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. As we walk through Ephesians and we have, last we got down to verse 10, it's important to think about what Paul's trying to do in these, with these people and what, where he's trying to focus their attention and what he's trying to awaken in them. Because if you don't take that into consideration, then I'm just up here reading scripture and you don't find the relevance in it. But here's the truth. They are people just like you and me, and they go through weeks just like we do, and they're enduring some of the same things, maybe not in, in the same context, but the same things. They're enduring rebellious children. They're enduring hard jobs. They're enduring uncertain futures. They're enduring sicknesses. They're enduring the onslaught of the world that says this is life out here. They're enduring uh, marital issues. They're enduring all of these things. And they are wavering to some degree. And Paul stands before them in his letter and he says, Look! Lift your eyes from where you are. Lift your eyes from the circumstances that you're in. And look where you've been. You know what pride is? Pride is forgetting who you were before Jesus found you. That's pride. Pride is forgetting that you had no life before Him. Pride is forgetting that He is life for you. That you that you don't have another life. That you can't create another life. That the only thing that you can create apart from Jesus' death, pride is thinking that somehow you can create for yourself some semblance of living apart from Him. That's pride. Paul takes them back to where they were and he says, you were lost without Christ, without a hope. You didn't have a hope in this world. And then he goes further and we watched him go all the way up and then he told them about the redemption. He reminded them of the redemption of Christ. He walked them through their salvation once again. And then he says, now you are seated with him in heavenlies. You are secure in him. You have hope in him. Look at the truth of where you sit and look at what he has for you. And we got to verse 10. And he says, this is who you are now. He says, for we are... Not will be. God's own handiwork. His workmanship. This is who you are. Handcrafted by Him. Recreated in Christ Jesus. Born anew. It all has a genesis. This is your beginning. 
that we may do for this purpose, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. You know what the picture of that is? That is God going before us in in love, in a passion for you, preparing your life for you so that you may go forward discovering his sufficiency, discovering his provision, discovering his truth, discovering his peace, discovering him meeting your needs each step of the way. When he says, I prepared good works for you, what he has said is saying is that I have prepared for you a life that will be about entering into my sufficiency each step of the way. Where are you in your journey? Because these good works that he's talking about are, again, not our gift to him but God's gift to us as He meets every need in our lives through the provision of His Son, Jesus Christ. When I look at the truth of what God has prepared for me, it's really hard for me sometimes to shake the scales from my eyes that I have picked up the years of looking things at looking at things after the flesh, that's what the Bible calls it, beginning to view life from a fleshly perspective, believing that the be all end all is in this existence. Sometimes it's really difficult for me to see that God is actually working out good works in some of the situations that I'm in or have been in. Oh, it's easy when, you know, uh, when somebody accepts Jesus, you witness to somebody and he accepts the Lord, and you say, wow, that's a good work. But it's not so easy when you have a flat tire, or when you find out you've got more bills than you've got paycheck, or when you find out that you're sick, and you say, that's, that's good works? That's good works? What are you doing in my life, God? But you know what? I have walked through many difficult paths. And I have discovered that you don't always know the end by judging the beginning. And God will reveal himself to you throughout the journey as he will expose to you that he is sufficient and he is your reward. It's not about what we do on this earth. It's about what he does in us. It's about what he's trying to work us through so that we can have a greater realization of how big and wondrous and glorified this God is. How much he loves us. If my God can love me through bankruptcy, he's a pretty big God. If my God can love me through a broken marriage, he's a pretty big God. If my God can love me through cancer, he's a pretty big God. You see, God wants to be more than just a material sufficiency. He wants to be an eternal life for us that goes beyond our weakness, that goes beyond our circumstances. We move from there. We talked about the fact that we have good works prepared for us, that we have been born anew, and that we were born for His purposes and clearly for a path that He has already designed. It says that there is a path, a predestined plan for us, And the Amplifier says taking paths which he prepared for us, that we should walk in them, walk in a way. 
And this walk is a life for us. And it brings forth the true intention of God in His purposes. And therefore they are good. Brings to mind the verse in John 14.6 where Jesus said, I am the path, I am the way, and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by, through me. Here's the truth of it. You think your path may be whatever you're going through right now. You think your path may be the difficulty that you're in. You think your path may be what you're planning for the future. You think your path may be what you have in in store for yourself. Let me tell you, your path, your way, is Jesus. That's the path He's prepared for you. Don't be distracted by the things that are going on around you. Look to the truth. Your path is Jesus. And each step of the way is for the realization and the manifestation and the revelation of Jesus Christ in everything that you are in right now. That is the purpose of it. Can you see Jesus? Is He lifted up? And where are you seated? I am the way. I am the truth. You know, if He's the truth, I don't have to know the truth. I just have to know Him. Every truth that I know apart from Him has a little T in front of it. And I can get real distracted with the little T's, can you? But if I look to the real truth, that is Jesus Christ, and not knowing all the details, and not knowing how it's all going to turn out, it's okay. Because I never really do, do you? Do you really know how it's all going to turn out apart from the, the very end that Jesus gives us? Here's the truth. It's all going to begin with Him, and it's all going to end with Him. And what's in between is just the journey. He is the truth of life. He's all the truth that I need. And He is life. I don't think we really understand the, the fullness of that, that He is life. If suddenly you started losing your capacity, your ability to breathe, you would become very desperate. You would be you would be flailing on the floor. You would be doing everything you could do to somehow grasp a breath. Have you ever been there? Have you ever lost your breath? Because there's one thing that you instinctively know, the whole of your body knows, even better than your brain knows, and that is that you can't survive without that breath. You can't live without it. But are you thinking about breathing right now? Are you sitting there going, oh, no, that's one breath. That's two breaths. That's three breaths. You're not thinking about breathing. Your body knows you need it. It's a natural function for you to take it in and for for it to be life to you. Because you were designed for it. God made you to breathe. And He filled the air with oxygen. To meet the need in you. Jesus is life like that. Christian, you were made for Jesus. And He is your life. He is the essential ingredient that holds you together. And you have no idea how He's holding you together right now. If you could just have this much revelation of how He's holding you together. He's not just holding you together. He is holding all of the circumstances of your life together in one big tapestry that all pictures the truth of the character of God. Every 
instant, every breath, every heartbeat, every twitch of a nerve has to work by His permission. He's holding you together. And pride walks about with this arrogance that says, somehow I have a life of my own. That I draw breath by my own strength. That I make my own decisions. That I go forward with my own initiative. Let me tell you something, Christian. You were born anew in Christ. Your life is His life. And when you act in a way that is not in truth and contrary to the life that is within you, you begin to speak a poison to your system. And life for you begins to become painful. One teacher that I love says that he is the divine glue that holds us together. And when you sin, you introduce a solvent into your system and things begin to fall apart. When you begin to think independently from God, you lose the whole truth of your hope, of your security, of your balance. When you begin to act independently of God, you begin to injure yourself. Your moves become jerky and incongruous. You become absolutely derelict in your direction. And your life begins to take a dark shape. Here's the truth. You were made for Him. And He has created a world where you can walk the path He's put before you. Live the truth that He has within you and live the life that He is for you. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Look at verse 11 in the second chapter of Ephesians. It says, Therefore, that means because of all that, uh, in lieu of all that I have said, therefore remember that at one time you were called Gentiles, heathens in the flesh called uncircumcision by those who called themselves circumcision, itself a mere mark in the flesh made by human hands. He is reminding them of the division that they had in the flesh. This, is, this was their outward identity by which they were recognized and they were criticized and they were reviled. For Gentiles were considered less than human by the Jews. That would be the circumcision. The circumcision are those that had entered into covenant, the Abrahamic covenant that God brought to him. And the outward mark of being in covenant with God was circumcision. Where a piece of flesh was removed from a man and would never grow back again. That was circumcision. It was an outward mark of an outward covenant that says, This is my people, a visible nation, a visible people. And this is their mark of covenant, which is circumcision. That was the old covenant. Here's the thing that we know. If you study much in the Bible, you will recognize that the Old Testament is an illustration of the New. It's what it is. The Old Testament is the promise. The New is the fulfillment. 
And in the Old Testament, God is, is giving us a picture of what He plans for His people. And in the New Testament, He breaks forth the reality of it. And he says, you will be my people, and I will be your God, and we will have an outward covenant with one another. That is, I have a visible people who mark themselves with a visible mark, and they will try to keep their end of the covenant with me. And I will, in turn, keep my end of the covenant with you. But I will be faithful. Where you can't be. Where you won't be. Circumcision is where God reached down. We now in the New Covenant, that is the New Testament, have a circumcision that God talks about. He talks about it in Colossians 2.11. And it's a circumcision without hands. This is the fruition of what was illustrated in the Old Covenant. He says in Colossians 2.11, he says, In him... You, in Him also, you were circumcised with a circumcision not made with hands, but in spirit, but in a spiritual circumcision performed by Christ, by stripping off the body of the flesh, the whole corrupt carnal nature and its passions and its lusts. God reached down and cut away the very source of sin in your life. That is a spiritual circumcision before it was an outward mark done by human hands. But the God of creation reached down and cut away the very source of sin and wickedness and enmity against God. He cut it away. He removed it. It's no longer there. You see, outward sacrifice was never enough. It was never enough. Remember that the temple, the sacrifices that they made, Hebrews says that the old covenant wasn't sufficient. We're in a new covenant, and it is so much better. In the old covenant, Daniel could come to him using the name Daniel. He could come to the temple, and he could bring his family, and he could bring all of the sacrifices for the family's sins. You remember that? You remember how they used to do that? Once a year, they would take all of the sacrifices to the temple and they would bring sacrifices for the sins of the family. Sins that they knew about and sins that they didn't know about. They would have sacrifices for it all. And the blood would fill the streets. But that sacrifice was about removing those sins. All of the things that they did that were against God. Now let me ask you a question. If Daniel took all of the sacrifices to the temple for all of the sins of him and his family, and those, those animals were slain, and all of the sin was removed, and Daniel says, praise God, I am forgiven by virtue of the sacrifice, and he jumped up and he ran behind the curtain, the veil, into the Holy of Holies, what would happen to him? He'd die. Why? Because all that was taken care of was his behavior. The problem was who Daniel was, not what Daniel did. Do you see that? The circumcision that was not done by hands cut away who Daniel was and put a life in him that God could embrace. And what happened when Jesus rose from the dead? What happened? 
the veil that separated man and God, the place where Daniel would have been slain instantly, was rent in two, to use the King James language. The separation was no longer there. Daniel could embrace his father now. That is a spiritual circumcision. He talks about the stripping off of the body of flesh, the whole corrupt and carnal nature and all of its passions and its lusts. We no longer have in us a sin nature. It's dead. It's gone. Now we can walk after the flesh, but we no longer walk in the flesh. Remember that? We can walk after the patterns. We still have that problem with indwelling sin in our bodies. The old flesh patterns. But that's not who we are. That's who we uh, give way to occasionally. That's what we do, but it's not who we are. He also says that we are new and we are now circumcised by God, that we are given unto Him. But look at verse 12. He says, I also, and he used the word remember there, and remember is not in the original, but what he's trying to say to you is, I want you to look at this. I want you to pay close attention to this. I want you to look back into your mind as to where you were and what, what your condition was before God touched you, before God did a work in your life. Can everybody who's a Christian go back to that? Well, I was really young when I accepted Christ. But, and it would be very difficult for me to go back and try to reconcile my mind exactly where I was. But here's what I can remember. I can remember yesterday when I walked away from truth in my mind and my world began to get very shaky. I can remember the last moment where I embraced myself as the answer rather than Jesus and I never got it done and life escaped me I can remember can you remember? it doesn't take long the more I walk with Him the less time it takes for me to know when I have walked and when I have looked away from truth when I have chosen something other than Him he says, remember that time that, at, that you were at that time separated, living apart from Christ, excluded from all part of Him, utterly estranged and outlawed from the rights of Israel as a nation, and strangers with no share in the sacred compacts of the Messianic promise, with no knowledge of what... of or of or right in God's agreements his covenants and you had no hope no promise you were in the world without God you couldn't get in a more hopeless position than that do you remember that? let me tell you something you can live like that's true even if you're a Christian you make the choice to believe what God says about you moment by moment you make the choice to embrace the truth of who you are in Christ and that He is victorious or get underneath the circumstances and believe that you've got to be the answer to them. You make the choice. 
And he says, you were separated, living apart, and you were separated and outlawed from the rights of Israel, which means you were not part of the covenant people. You didn't have any basis of relationship with God. You had no way to approach Him. You couldn't come to Him with anything because you were separated. Now that is a... National, a national representation of a spiritual issue which every one of us walked in. We walked separated from Christ before we received Him. We had no approach with God. You can't live on both sides of that fence. It is a wall. You don't have life apart from Him. Paul writes, you were strangers with no share in the sacred compacts of the messianic promise, with no knowledge of or of or right in God's agreements, His covenant. Do you know our God's a covenant God? You know what a contract is, don't you? A contract, if I enter into contract with you, it says that you will do this and I will in turn do that. And as long as you do this and I do that, we have a contract, right? But at whatever point you refuse to do this or I refuse to do that, what happens to the contract? It's broken. Now, how many of us have a contract with God? Don't raise your hand. You don't have a contract with God. And if you do, you're in bondage. God never entered into a contract with us. He entered into a covenant with us. Thank you for joining us today for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation, rest in His life moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. To get to know us better, visit us on the web at hislifefellowship.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If this message has blessed you, you can help support this program with your gift to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 781-529, San Antonio, Texas, 78278. And now, before we go, our prayer for you this coming week is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you and that you would remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.